A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello Egg Chasers, welcome to episode 11 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast with me Tim, with him JB. Hi Tim. And with Phil. Hi Tim. Uh, I actually feel like before we get onto the rugby we need to just quickly cleanse JB of his grumpiness because otherwise we're going to have the whole podcast of him just stewing. Go on, get it off your chest. What happened on your way here? Yeah, I'm absolutely furious. On the way here, some idiot girl, some narcissistic moron decided to play her music not through her headphones but through her speaker. So if you're that stupid girl with the uh, stupid bobble hat who was travelling on, uh, on the tram to Cornbrook, you're an idiot. Do you feel better now? Marginally. Good. Who would uh, do... Anyway, yeah, fine. If it's the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast blaring out loud on the speaker of someone's phone, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. No, it wasn't. It's probably some unsigned band. She was so much better than me. My, <laughs> my brother um, told me the other day that he saw a random guy on the tube in Fulham listening to the Egg Chasers podcast. You're joking. Yes, this is true. Yeah, this is true. That's awesome. So, yeah. Is it worth telling the listeners what Phil is wearing around his neck? (laughs) (laughs) Are you about to tuck into some spicy meatballs? (laughs) You've got like a massive napkin around your shirt. What's going on? Um, So I've just come back from the gym and I've got a a clean work shirt on um, because I'm on a course tomorrow. So I'm setting off early tomorrow morning. Um, And last week, the, the dirty work shirt that I was wearing got some dirt on from the cans that we have the headphones that we have and so i didn't want to spoil my, actually, uh, my confi- fresh clean work shirt for he tomorrow. actually confided in me that he thought you you radio folk are dirty that's what he said right i think we'll move on after that uh, to some rugby action and how about we start with well this is the last podcast in november um lots of rugby players and not just at elite levels but at all levels have been supporting male health charities and raising money and awareness through growing a tash for november so, quick question, what's the best facial hair in world rugby? And you can pick someone that's done something just for Movember, or it can just be general facial hair. Hmm. Best facial hair in world rugby. He's not got it at the moment, but did anyone see Corey Jane's rehabilitation beard? He was out for, uh, I think it was like nine months with cruciate ligament damage um, earlier this season, and he grew a pretty impressive I think probably nine month long rehabilitation beard. Oh, I've got a picture of the different stages of it, look. Oh, oh yeah! yeah. That, wow, is that where you got the idea for your rehabilitation beard? Something like that. Yeah, I've had a, a bit of a rehabilitation beard recently, and it, it seemed to do the job for me, and it obviously did the job for him. There's people like um, Luke Fitzgerald of Ireland who had a proper porn star tash, the handlebar. real handlebar going on, which I really appreciated. I also really like James Haskell's, you know, yeah, proper military wing commander look the one, yeah. I, the one I like and I like it because it's not very good so it's you know, <laughs> you know it, there's actually some effort gone, gone into it or at least effort to keep it uh, Dylan Hartley yeah yeah, it looks terrible but he, yeah. that that's why it's good yeah even though it's embarrassing and looks terrible he's actually 
suffering through yes. it rather than the people who are doing it purely for fashion. Yeah, I think ha- uh, Haskell will probably keep his. He's that kind of guy. Yeah, maybe. In fact, he'll probably trademark it and, and sell its image rights. <laughs> Brand <laughs> Haskell. <laughs> there are, yeah. um, like, Owen Farrell's is so weak. <laughs> it's terrible. It's really? like, a, like a bit of dirt on his top lip. <laughs> Can I just say on, on the other end, someone whose facial hair has got incredible, absolutely incredible, and I'm going to another Irishman, you know who, don't you? Go on. Gordon from, from Darcy, the, yeah, from the uh, weekend. Gordon, yeah. Dar- I'm just Gordon Darcy. Your beard is a is is such a specimen. It's it's absolutely incredible. Well, you know he was blazing a trail with this long before Movember uh, became fashionable. Andy Good. <laughs> Andy Good has got a strong tradition in facial hair long before it is fashionable. That, that's just, just a that was a, that was a little ding for the standard JB. Well, Andy well, Good, as loving. I keep saying. Uh, hear me now, believe me later. The BBC had a whole article today on Andy Good. Yeah, yeah, someone, someone tweeted oh, us. Well. Um, Next uh, one will be an article about Charlie Hodgson. Just one today that uh, Dave Strettle tweeted that he's uh, embarrassed and upset that four fifths of One Direction can grow a better beard than than he can. <laughs> <laughs> also, I've just got to mention the honey badger Nick Cummins of Australia. His moustache, <laughs> his moustache is fantastic. I don't know, his his tash sort of suits his personality. He just—he looks like a happy, a happy-go-lucky chap, and now that matches it. And that interview that he did recently—if you missed it earlier this season—I think I did. Yeah, yeah. What was it? Nick Cummins. How did it feel to be back out at NIB, NIB Stadium tonight? NIB. Um, yeah, mate. It's bloody outstanding. You know, mate, buddy. See you, blue. It just gets right up, yeah, and uh, and gives you the gives you the strength. Bloody, uh, like a rat up a drain pipe. One of them runs. And Benny McCowman putting him in for a try. You're gonna ask him for a beer or something afterwards. Benny McCowan, oh mate, oh he's he came up to me, but he, I think he was huffing and puffing, and uh, mate, he did well, he did well. He always does. He's a tough rooster. He's sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage, actually, when he when he got up after scoring that try. But uh, mate, bloody outstanding. What a guy. So so uh, Nick Cummins was one of the players last week that was banned for boozing midweek. <laughs> sweating like a gypsy with a mortgage. <laughs> sure, that's probably offensive, uh, but it went out on television. Not the opinions of us, it's the opinions of Nick Cummins. Well, it's not the opinions of you, Tim. Uh, right, then, so that's uh, Movember. Well done to anyone at all levels of rugby. I know a lot of people have, um, have been raising money in a worthy cause to raise awareness and money for. So, moving on, then. There's only one game we're going to talk about, isn't it? I mentioned a couple of players that were in the Ireland team, Luke Fitzgerald and Gordon Darcy, not just displaying their facial hair, but displaying some pretty uh, immense prowess as well. What a game. Do you want to hear a confession? Go on, JB. I only saw to the f- end of the first half. What? How, had... could, how could you watch the first half and not want to watch the rest? Uh, because I had to jump in the car, go back to the land of RGC to see Mother Beardmore. <laughs> Can't believe you missed that. I know. Mother Beardmore would have understood. She would. No. With, with that game. Or it would have been a call to Mother Beardmore, um, can you record the game so I can watch it when I get there? I know, I know. Or bad, the, the car's... Thinking. On the blink. It's not, not starting. It'll take me an <laughs> take hour me, to get me, this yeah. going. I should have driven just... my own car into a river just so I could watch <laughs> that game. Absolutely unbelievable game, wasn't it? Ireland going 19-0 up after 18 minutes. And then I, I, I feel like they threw it away. You feel like they threw it away? They clearly threw it away. They, 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 played, <laughs> they played well for the rest of the game. Their defence was incredible. And they limited New Zealand to... Only a couple of chances, which, of course, New Zealand being New Zealand, they took. Mm. But should be disappointment for Ireland rather than, like, a lot of people saying that they were robbed. They weren't. They, they threw it away. 
Mm. Well, they do revel in the status of gallant loser, don't they? Well, when it comes to World Cup 2015, I think this game showed, and we talked about something similar in a previous podcast, it shows just how important a dependable kicker is going to be. Because yes. Johnny Sexton knocks that kick over, they it's, win. Yes, mm. absolutely. Aaron Cruden doesn't kick, knock that kick over, it's a yep. draw. Yeah. The, this kick that Sexton missed um, with six minutes to go mm. to put them eight points ahead, two, two scores ahead, and that, w- that would have been game over. Um and he took a long time over it, and then he yep. was subbed immediately after. Yep. I, I think he was carrying a knock, and I, I think injuries actually took their toll on Ireland because O'Driscoll went off. Rory Best obviously went off early. Although on. Cronin did play very well, but yeah, yes. coming on. Yeah, yeah, but I think in general, I'm looking at New Zealand and going, I fancy someone else to take them in the World Cup 2015 because they they yeah. didn't win convincingly against any of the teams, but they won them, which is a mark of a good team. But I don't, I don't know. I, I was chatting to. I was out for dinner on Saturday with a, a Kiwi friend of mine, and he, I, Dan Carter. Don't reckon. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Don't reckon Dan Carter's going to make it to the World Cup." No, I don't I, think I don't. he'll make it. Really? Why? Yeah. In, in, just the, the, he's hardly played. The number of injuries that he's had recently. But um, he plays less, less than Gethin Jenkins. Yeah, but he's hardly played. He, he keeps on picking up injury after injury. It's interesting. I, I didn't think Aaron Cruden played very well at the weekend. Mm. I thought he was often too flat, and he was giving poor ball to his whoever was outside him, being a, be it a centre or a second row or a back row, Bowden Barrett came on in the oh, last 10 minutes. What an impact. And r- had a huge impact. Nigel Owens, what an amazing referee that uh, guy Do you know is. what? I had that written down. He is incredible, isn't he? Why and can't they all be more like... And I think in that first half, he only gave one, maybe two penalties. Yeah. It, he was a massive reason for that game being as good as it was. And... Yeah, Do you think bit, it's because it's Nigel Owens is sort of famous now in his own right for you know, various... Oh, well, no, 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 I don't think it's got wait, anything wait, to wait, do wait. with it. Be, I think, is it because he's famous in his own right? Whereas Steve Walsh is desperate to be famous, <laughs> so therefore get, gets himself on TV as much as possible. Nigel Owens hasn't got anything to prove. No, I, I still get that vibe like away from rugby from Nigel Owens. I think he, he tries to do as much publicity stuff as, as he possibly can do. He's got that book where he came out with for being gay and talked about his steroid use in the past. Is that a while ago, that that book? Oh, yeah, Yeah. it is. But I think on the pitch, he's superb. I think he's magnificent. A lot of people took to Twitter um, straight after the Island game saying that there's no coincidence that the two best games of the year and two of the best games in many a year, the New Zealand South Africa, were both refed by Nigel Owens. I don't know why more people can't do refing like Nigel Owens I, I, you know the, the, blue, the blueprint is, is there and yet they continue to act like Wayne Barnes yeah Wayne Barnes he just, talk, he just doesn't talks get it. down he, to everyone well, and, and, and imagine that you'd been brought up in a basement for 18 years and then told to ref a game you'd probably ref it like Wayne Barnes <laughs> <laughs> but at least we've got Nigel Owens in world rugby he is uh, we I salute mean, you Nigel he's, he's as good a referee a referee as Kieran Reid has been a rugby player in the last year, so no, so they're on par. Fair play, yeah, super, well done, superb. I mean, here's a question for you: that, that that's going to rank as one of the best games in the modern era. But what's what's the best game you can remember, either mm. playing in or watching? Well, the, the, probably the two best games I've watched live have both been this year. Go on. Both involving New Zealand. Go on. New Zealand, South Africa. New Zealand, South Africa. Oh, what a game, the, yeah. The rugby championship decider this year yeah. when the lead changed hands and changed hands. Well, my favourite game, I think, or the best game I've watched was France and New Zealand. The absolute classic where um, 
in the World Cup. A World Cup semi-final, Christoph yeah. Dominici. Oh, with my the word. Last oh, yeah, I remember that. That was incredible. That was but the most well. enjoyable game was when I went down to London Welsh to watch Wales versus England. And do you know that commentary by Eddie Butler? England, what are you doing? Wales, what have you done? <laughs> what a game that was. <laughs> what, what year was that? It was a Grand Slam II, as I call it, or Grand Slam Two. We tried to rack my brain about a game that involved England, and the only one I could come up with was the World Cup quarterfinal against Australia in 1995, and it was that drop goal from Rob Andrew right near the halfway line. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. the last minute. I watched that with my dad, actually. And then the next game, England got absolutely annihilated by John Olomu, which would be another <laughs> contender for one of the best games. What? Yeah, from the other side. What yeah. about that Tri-Nations game where there was three early tries by... New Zealand streaked ahead 24-0 at one point, and then Australia went to 27-24. Uh, that was in. This was in two thousand. That, um, that was Gregan Larkham, yeah, Gre- Grey Herbert, um, the, ev- the evil wizard Mortlock. Oh yeah, that was awesome. And Joan Lomu scoring the winning try. One of the best ones that I've seen England play was New Zealand last autumn. That's a good shot. Brilliant performance. What about yourself? You've played at a decent level for quite a few years, Phil. You must have had a bit of a humdinger of a match. Um, one that I remember was we're talking like seven years ago, um, playing against your old club Newbury. Yeah, at Park Lane. Sedgley's uh, home ground and we weren't playing very well and we were losing by 12 points with less than five minutes to play and managed to score two tries in the last five minutes um, to, to win the game and converted them both to win win by two points. Uh, just at the weekend, played in um, quite a high-scoring game uh, which was a record win for Sedgley Park, at, well, record win in, in the league. Wow. Uh, 90 points to five. Wow, you know, against two? Against Bromsgrove. Before that game, they'd won four, lost six, and they'd, they'd not been thrashed by anyone. But it was they had a couple of players injured. We just played some really, really good stuff. But your kicker got fourteen out of fourteen. Yes, unbelievably. What? That's like <laughs> In, so two penalties, twelve conversions, including at least four from the touchline. All fourteen banged over. That's amazing. We've all done it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, one person who has done it, and this moves us on quite nicely to the IRB Player of the Year. One person who has done that as he showed in summer playing for the Lions, is Lee Halfpenny, one of the players shortlisted for the IRB Player of the Year. Shortlist, is that a pun? <laughs> On Lee, Lee Halfpenny's Lee part, Ball. definitely. Not not, not <laughs> Etzebeth or Parise or Kieran Reid, who are the other players, along with Ben Smith as well of New Zealand. What do you make of those five players? And Who do you think will or deserves to win it? And is there anyone else you read them again? put in? So you've got from New Zealand, Kieran Reid and Ben Smith. Okay. From South Africa, Eben Etzebeth. From Italy, Sergio Parise and Wales, Lee Halfpenny. Hmm. Not Parise. That's what I first think. Yeah, I don't think he's done... It sounds like a bit of name record, like Lifetime Achievement Award type thing, that. Yeah, which is... Possibly. Which is what they got accused of last season when both um, McCaw and Dan Carter got nominated, despite only playing a handful of games last year. Yeah, Halfpenny did well. I still... You wouldn't say he's the best player. Oh in the come world. on! He dominated the Lions. He was very good in attack, yeah. in attack, and his kicking mm. and tactical. He 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 was the player of the tour, and yeah, that was the that was the high, most high profile rugby that's been played this year. I would put him in the top five just because of how important he was for both the Six Nations win for Wales, yeah. and the British and Irish Lions winning in Australia. Yeah, he, he was instrumental in both, and he was top point scorer in both tournaments as well. I okay. would like I would like to have seen Juan Martín Fernández Lobe getting. I think he had a, in a, in a, in a team that has been struggling he has played so well for Argentina yeah and, and, and I, won the European uh, Heineken Cup Kieran Reid oh yeah, well, so, yeah I mean he's on the list definitely um, uh, can you see past him 
I, I can't. Planet Rugby uh, website. Yeah. Had a poll today on who you think should should win. Out of those five, Kieran Reid had went at the time that I read it had sixty two percent of the votes. What? Next, I do next reckon... closest was half penny with fifteen percent. Wow. It's I... it's an absolute landslide. Kieran Reid had a phenomenal year. A couple of others I would have liked to see on there. I would have put Falau on there because I think he's interesting shout. He's the the best player in in the Australian team. I think he's been absolutely superb all year in a team that has been up and down as well. Um, Sevilla for New Zealand has been exceptional. Yeah, he has. Liam Messam as well, captain the Chiefs to a second Super Rugby title in two years and has been superb for mm. New Zealand in their unbeaten run. And hey. Ad- Adam Jones, I think, was again yes. instrumental for... Like, he was so Crops important. get overlooked there, don't they? Yeah, but he was so important for the British and Irish Lions. Any, any English players? Not this year. No. In a word? No. That's the IRB Player of the Year, but let's have a look at looking back on the year. Now the now the internationals are finished, bar Australia Wales this weekend. Let's have a look at kind of where the the big teams are at the end of this year, like an end yeah. of year report, if you like. So I think England are like third best in the world according to yeah, the IRB yeah. rankings, and Wales. Fourth. Where Wales? Fourth? As of as of the weekend, just gone their fourth. Australia are now above them. All oh, right, and, oh, exactly. and Wales are up to fifth. Right. Well. Clearly, Wales are a lot better, better better than England. Well, this year, just this year, Wales have lost more games than England. And last year, last autumn, which will still have way heavy, Wales lost four out of four. Just, oh, just yeah, <sighs> back in your box, Beardmore. Yeah, but that was you one-eyed Welshman. No, well, they lost to Japan over the summer. Yeah. But that doesn't really count. I mean, that's ludicrous. <laughs> they lost, lost to Samoa last, okay, last stop, autumn. Stop. Samoa. That's stop. All... You're defeating his argument Samoa... with logic. Stop. 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 <laughs> no. All the Welsh players were playing for the Lions. <laughs> Strength in depth. I would say, looking at the end of season kind of report, you'd go New Zealand. Well, where are they? You'd say unbeaten season, won everything. Yeah. Surely this has got to be one of their greatest years. But I think there's some creaks. There's mm. some little cracks. Ironically, New Zealand, despite being unbeaten. The game against Ireland showed they are beatable. But they still won. Yeah. If anything, it shows me that they're not really beatable. No. They, they always, always find a way they to are, win. They are, they are incredible. They are incredible. But they are beatable. South Africa. Won 10 out of 12 games, yeah. only lost to New Zealand twice. If New Zealand saw South Africa in the World Cup, it, it could well be a different story. Could be. Uh, um, Australia, they've had a bit of an up, a topsy-turvy year, haven't they? Yeah. They, they've won 6 out of 13 games this year, 46%. Only won two in the rugby championship. They only beat Argentina twice, do and you, one of those was only by one point. Do you think the problem with with Australia is they're not very good? Well, I think they're now getting a structure back mm. under Ewan McKenzie, mm. and I think having Quade Cooper back at ten with that's his, a big difference with his new mentality as well. Um, I think is how on. I don't think Quade Cooper has any other mentality other than the one he has. Well, no, I mean his off-field mentality. He what? Oh, getting, you mean he's happy? smashed in a bar. Yeah, in years gone by, he would have been one of the six players who would have been banned for being drunk. He probably just didn't get caught. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> That's what. Had some uh, tree ball mints in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> right, how do you rate them? Because they are currently number four in the world rankings. When you look at England, their end of year report, what, what, what do you kind of say about that? Seven out of ten. England forwards, I think, are right up there. England backs, as has been playing in the Autumn Internationals, I think are pretty low. So on average, yeah, seven out of ten. I say every week they're just an average, a, a good 
solid team. There's nothing more to them than that. A completely different set of backs. You no. could be a good team. <laughs> I think two play- if you put Yard and Tuolagi in that team. Yard and Tuolagi. This, this is your this is your recipe for success. <laughs> <laughs> My word. <laughs> Wales. I look at them. Like you look ahead to the Six Nations. Who, who's going to start favourites for the Six Nations? You, you uh, would have God thought knows. Wales, but will it be Wales? I don't know. Well, the Wales first team, you'd have to say it would be favourites. But I don't fancy Wales a chance. Chances against France, I, I never do. Yeah, this, and a couple of injuries, like France, of course. A, a couple of injuries for Wales. Oh, that, down to bare bones. When we're down to Ashley back, it's it's troublesome. Yeah, Fra- you um, say France look awesome. They look awesome, and they look terrible. Yeah, France. France, like France have won two out of eleven games this yeah. year. Yeah, is that right? That's shocking. Been beaten by New Zealand four times. Yeah, I was going to say they've is... played. They've played a lot of tests there. In the Six Nations, they finished bottom. Mm-hmm. They lost to Ireland, Wales, England, and then uh, sorry, Italy, Wales, England, and then drew with Ireland. They only yeah. beat Scotland. In the Six I know Nations. it's a cliche, but they can turn it around real fast. I'll tell you what, I look at a lot of teams, and you, you say this about Australia, Wales, France, Ireland, Scotland. It's like a lot of the teams are great one week and then go at, go AWOL the next week. And that's the one thing I would say for England is it might not be flashy. And it might not be the most effective or attractive, but there's a level of consistency yes. which which does fill me with a bit of optimism for England. Yeah, Ireland looked great against Samoa, but we now know that that's not a good result because Samoa went on to lose to the French Barbarians and Georgia at the weekend. Wow, I know. But then they looked like world beaters for 20 minutes against New Zealand, and even though they didn't win, they their defence was very impressive throughout the rest Isn't of the match. Isn't that so classically Irish, just to get up for one game, really get fired up? Yeah. Did you hear Did you hear the commentary, by the way? Not in your wildest guinness fuel dreams or something. What was, what was the <laughs> yeah, product placement on the BBC? Yeah. <laughs> wow. They, so they, come on then, I'll tell you what, pick a Six Nations winner and pick a World Cup winner based on what you've seen this year. Um, Six Nations first. Pick a Six Nations winner right now. France. New Zealand. I'd love to say England for the Six Nations, but <laughs> I think, providing they don't get too many injuries, I think Wales could do it again. I'd love to say that. Um, World Cup. Before the weekend, I would have said New Zealand hands down every day of the week. After it, I think that there's four or five teams in the world that could beat them on their day. And I think New Zealand will yeah. go into every single game as considerable favourites. But in knockout rugby, as I keep saying, it's fine margins. I think Wales will win the Six Nations. Yeah. I don't think they'll win a Grand Slam. No. But I think they'll win the championship. I think it'll be very close, though. And I think South Africa will win the World Cup. Wow. Yeah, South Africa's a good shout. They yeah. have won before in the Northern Hemisphere. And they've got a few players playing in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Mm. Um, did you see the... Pack weights, France versus South Africa. This is shocking. South Africa were seven kilograms heavier per man in the pack. That's that's a full stone heavier. What? Uh, average weight was close to 18 and a half stone. Oh, my goodness. Average weight for a forward. They're monsters, aren't they? Absolute monsters. Incredible. <laughs> Huge men. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll tell you what, um, uh, we, we're talking about New Zealand maybe having some chinks in their armour and the odd little crack appearing and is Dan Carter going to turn up? But the next man that's going to feature in Rugby Oki could be a potential solution, Mr Benji Marshall, who is the subject of Rugby Oki. Now, Benji Marshall played for West Tigers. West Tigers. NRL. In the NRL. He is moving to the Auckland Blues, half a million dollars, New Zealand dollars per year. So what's that, £3.50? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's going to be playing, and you'd think he'll be on the radar of the All Blacks. He's a, have you seen Have you seen some of his skills? 
Nope. Sidesteps that make Quade Cooper look pedestrian. Really? Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. The, hmm. the change of direction, like 10 metre lateral to change of direction. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Incredible. It's ridiculous. But Rugby Oki, which started as a little flippant thing we did to celebrate the fact that Matt Stevens loved a good sing song. That's Matt Stevens singing on X Factor back in the day, Celebrity X Factor. And of course, it was started to celebrate a certain Mr. Alex Corbiziero's incredible rapping skills. Oh, 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 oh. oh. I thought you had some more Corbiziero yeah. for a sense. New, right. new material. Keep it kind of quiet, people on a diet. Scrum it straight, turn it right, I don't deny it. Test me, try it, style you don't buy it. I'ma grab the microphone and start to fly it. Up, up, high, grab the mic and make you cry. Told you before we represent L.I. London, Irish, you can't deny this. So, so sick, I tell you, you can't buy this. Right, I need some help on this. Yes. Is it scrimmage straight, wheel right, or is it scrimmage straight, Time is right. Scrum is straight, Tom is right. I, I don't, don't deny it. it. It's definitely time. Both is, makes time sense. Is right. time it's really? definitely time is right. I've just yeah. I've been singing it wrong all Oh my god. Maybe we'll put some lyrics up on Twitter or something <laughs> so people can sing along to their podcast. <laughs> well, I think actually we all right would be the better lyric. But yep. Yeah, but it's an infringement. Might uh, give away a penalty. Oh. <laughs> so Benji Marshall uh, is a pretty amazing talent from Rugby League who's coming to Rugby Union. Yes, And, and he's br- uh, means we have one more rugby-playing singer. Check this out. This is off of what is rugby tonight in Rugby League in Australia and New Zealand. And this is Benji Marshall singing with another Australian international, Sam Fiday. <laughs> Pretty high level, actually. Benji oh. Marshall's playing the guitar as well, by the way, on that. Oh, well, really? Well, yeah. well done, Benji. I just want you to listen to, because um, I just want you to listen to the lyrics one more time. Bearing in mind the song is about a kind of, you know, sexual encounter. Well, and with his mate, Semi. <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah, he says yeah. it like three or four times. Semi. <laughs> Have a listen to the lyrics. Just listen to the lyrics. Bearing in mind it's about a sexual encounter, because it kind of sounds a, a bit dodgy, because there's one about me and Benji are here knocking at your door. And... <laughs> one, two... Stringing to the fore, Benji and Sammy T knocking at your door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip it up. <laughs> Benji's gonna rip it up with his Sammy. Wonderful. <laughs> well done, that's Rugby Oki for this week. 
It's quite a good one, that. It's a, it's a great one. I think that's going to be one of my favourites. Yeah. When it's all said and done. Yeah. We might be playing that one every week instead of Alex called Busy Air. No, oh, no, 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 no. Let's not go that far. <laughs> Silly. Right, well, at Rugby Podcast, if you want to have a look at the, the video of that, eggchasers.com. And um, yes, that was Benji Marshall making his debut in Rugby Oki on the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. It's time for us to pick our dream team. So we pick a topic, then we select 15 players to wear the shirts. If you agree, disagree, whatever, the conversation continues on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast. Love to hear from you there. And the topic this week is a, is a great one. Who's responsible for this out of you too, JB, Phil? Uh, Beardmore Yeah It's yours is it Beardmore It is I guess Well well, you introduce it then Beardmore Go on Okay Go on JB It's the Flair 15 Nice I like that So this is those players that are We're not going the best players The most skillful and the most Exactly Full of Flair Exactly Alright Should we start in the front row Because usually we we start off very very strong By the time he gets fullback Yeah he'll do So this should be the opposite way around Well I'm going to suggest one Straight in there at prop Go on Phil Vickery at the time, completely changed the mould of what it meant to be a prop. Suddenly you had a prop that was offloading, was doing runs, running down the wing, scoring a try. If you want to talk about running running props, how about Martin Madden for Wales? He could really <laughs> run. <laughs> oh, could, he, could he catch? Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> I was going to say, running doesn't qualify to be in a flare 15. Phil Vickery was offloading and all, all kinds. Well, Darren Morris had wonderful hands for, 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 for a prop. Big. I was going to say, yeah. that's a proper cliche, that good hands for a big lad. No, no, thank you. And Christian, Christian Califano, played Saracens, went down to Italian. Australia, played there. He kicked a penalty for Saracens. What? Oh, really? There that's you a go. great bit of knowledge. Yeah. Let's drop a knowledge bomb right there, JB, that's good knowledge. <laughs> thank you. If it's true. It is true. <laughs> uh, against... Whoa, Knowledge. More knowledge for Christian California. He played against the Lions twice, and he's French. Really? Yeah. He played for the President's 15 in Australia, and he also played maybe the Waratahs. The only thing I can find on him is France prop Christian Califano that... headbutts the Fijian prop. <laughs> that sounds like him. <laughs> I think he can all the time, but he has had a kick. Trust me, it's 100% correct, so that's the end of that. Okay. <laughs> I choose to trust you. Christian Califano and Phil Vickery. Prop. Um, a couple of seasons ago, we scored a 40-metre try against Saints, including a couple of sidesteps. Bath prop Anthony Peronisi. Oh, yes. Um, oh, that would be a great shout. I tell you he's pretty solid with ball in hand is Keen Healy. He's some player, isn't he? Yeah, he, he just is. He probably looks the part more than any other player in world rugby. Oh, he can play a bit, though. Oh, no, totally he can play. I'm saying he can back it up, but he just looks the part as he well. He does look good. Do you know what his nickname is? Hilo. Church. He has a small career as a professional DJ going by the name oh. DJ Church. Well, he's not the only one. He's lip. I've got a friend who had to unfollow him because of the amount of nonsense he was putting on about DJing. Wow. So, yeah, it kind of runs strong in the Irish team, that. Clearly. Go on, Phil, pick two props. Uh, I like Vickery and Peronisi just because there's. YouTube clips of both of them scoring 40-yard drives. We can verify the facts. Yeah. We, we can <laughs> yes. back it up. Very Rather good point, Tim. Uh, hooker. Loads. Go on. Phil Greening. Oh, yeah. Keith Wood. Shout Brits. Shout Brits. Oh, Shout Brits, yeah. Shout Brits, just because he plays like a centre. Yeah. Oh. He, he, he could, if he didn't wasn't capped for South Africa, he could solve England's centre crisis. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shout Britt, they, they based the whole game plan around him standing back to receive <laughs> kicks. But, yeah, playing like a, an extra fullback. That, that, was, that was the whole game plan. So it's got to be Shout Brits. although yeah. Keith Wood would Keith be Wood's a great a shout as well. Shout, yeah. Into the second row then. I bet we all pick the same person. John Eels. Yeah, John Eels. Yeah. Yeah. Ali Williams did an amazing clearance kick against Wales a few years ago. Pinned down in his own 22 and just spiralled it back across field. I still- and at that point we were like... Oh, Really? I've done that once in my career. A perfect, perfect spiral. And it's so much better when a forward does it oh, well, unexpectedly oh, and just it bo- st- booms it. It still makes me angry when I see forwards kick in. Yeah, with, with their just, big clumpy boots. That ankle yeah. high boots. <laughs> it looks, most of the time it looks like they're kicking left-footed. Even, <laughs> even though. Back row. The, the one that I was thinking of was, do you remember the Heineken Cup final about four years ago? I think it was 2009. Cardiff Blues played Leicester. Yes. And it went to extra time. Oh, yeah. It was still a draw, and it went to a sudden death kicking competition. Yeah. And Martin Williams stepped up in about eighth place. That's how tragic this was. And missed. And Jordan Crane stepped up and slotted it. Oh, my God. I'd forgotten about that. That was a good game, that. Problem is, again, I don't really want Jordan Crane in a flare 15. He, he has got good hands and stuff, but. No, no yeah, no. Doesn't feel the right. Kick. Michael yeah. Jones, the the old New Zealand flanker, that guy was incredible offloads. Mm. Well, despite missing the kick, Martin Williams was a great link player. Yeah, decent hands. Okay, so two, two that are playing now and two that are nominated for AIB Player of the Year, just because their offloading and handling skills are as good as any forward and as good as half the backs, uh, Parise and Kieran Reid. Mm. Well, I, the other one I had was J- was James Forrester. He's, he's very, very good. Again, cut short by injury. Um, Tom Croft for his long-range tries. Yeah, he'll be fit again for the next Lions tour. Go on then, Cocker. Who do you reckon? I think Michael Jones and Zinzan Brook were the two best flair back row players. And then it's one more. I wouldn't pick Nathan, uh, Nathan Budget, despite him being a basketball player and a volleyball player. Um, <laughs> so what are we saying? Zinzan Brook at eight. Nathan Budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zinzan Brook, Michael Jones, two Kiwis, and then Aaron Ordeke. Oh, well, oh yeah. excellent. Well done. Yes. Him and I'll add Aaron Ordeke to complete our back row. He, he, can, he can play Dream back. back row, that. Oh, nice. Yeah, Bosh, done. So uh, into the backs then. Scrum off. Austin Healy. I, I was about to ridicule you then, but that's not a bad, that's a good shout. Yeah, and yeah. he's done the overhead kick and scored, scored from it. He's done a bit of dancing as well. Did a bit of dancing, yeah. Well, of course, we'll be able to see his skills up close when uh, egg chasers go and um, and spend a bit of time back backstage at Rugby Tonight. We're gonna, that, that's something that's coming in the new year. Keep an ear out for yeah. it. Just, just, a little, just a little hint for that. Why Sali Sarevi play? I don't know whether you play him 9 or 10. No. 15. 15. We'll on the who wing. knows? You only play him when the temperature's above 15 degrees. <laughs> he went to Leicester and had an yet, absolute shock. Apparently he used to wear tights and gloves. It just wouldn't, wouldn't train the rain. <laughs> I don't know where on the field you play him, but in terms of pure skill, has there been a rugby player that has been as, oh, the, as immense as Some of the videos. We could, we could have Sarevi at Scrum Off. Yeah, let's go Sarevi Scrum Off then. Yeah. Bosh, done. That's where Leicester tried to play him. Didn't really work. Not going with Harry Ellis? <laughs> no. Okay. Not, not uh, Sean Perry? <laughs> not so much. <laughs> uh, fly half then. This is the toughest call. Mm. Carlos Spencer is once in a generation. Come on. There's, but there's a lot that deserve to be mentioned. Apparently. Now, I don't know if this is true, but this came from a New Zealander um, who used to play at Colwyn Bay. Apparently, in the World Cup, which England won, 
New Zealand had a load of moves which had been working on, but they weren't meant to play them until like the knockout stages. And Carlos Spencer just went through the card on the first game when they battered someone like ninety points to nil, and gave, <laughs> well, they, they gave sa- away the game. Yeah, they were saving the, saving all their yeah, special well, moves. So, but Carlos Spencer definitely deserves a shout. I think Jonathan Davies does as well. Oh, good. although his career wasn't particularly long, but yeah, but you watched some of his incredible skills highlights. Yeah. And there's things on there you can't coach, like fly hacking a ball from year 22 to score a try. It just keeps, yeah. keeps kicking it. I remember watching him play in league as well, and some of his dummy kick and go and make like an 80 meter break, and that kind of thing. And some of his sidestepping was superb. Quay Cooper as well. Oh, I think yeah. you've got to mention him. And then going back a bit, the king, Barry John. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I had Andy Good in my mind. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Barry, yeah, Barry John Barry was good John. too. To be fair, there's got to be a certain amount of swagger. And I actually think when Carlos Spencer starts his own move from underneath his own posts, scores the try, and then walks it to the touchline to put the ball down, that, that to me seals it. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's unbelievable. I wouldn't want to back any team to win that had Serevi at nine and Carlos Spencer <laughs> at ten. Yeah, in but December. It would be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah mid no, 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 no. Yeah, what would be the worst moment of him? December, <laughs> playing sale on a Friday. <laughs> Carlos Spencer once played at Sedgley Park. Wow. For Northampton. There was a few of us having a few beers on the sidelines. Because you were injured? Uh, either injured or I was not in the first team at that time. A few of us having a beer and one of the... All the boys who coached Sedgley for a bit was giving Spencer loads of stick. And at one point, after Northampton had scored one of their many tries, Sedgley were restarting and Carlos Spencer caught the ball in touch on the uh, touchline and threw a 30-yard reverse pass while staring the guy who'd been, been, <laughs> been like, heckling him the whole game in the eye. <laughs> Into the centres. I mean, do we dare we look past Jamie Noon and Brad Barrett? Oh, <laughs> wow, England have had some flair. Concrete they? hands and concrete shoulders, concrete feet as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <Both of them. laughs> terrible at swimming. Well then, Phil, this is your specialist area. Then centres. One of my favourite players at the moment, Wesley Fofana. Mm. I think Ooh. his ability to beat defenders, particularly from inside centre, is superb. Not, I tell you, he was ridiculously skillful for you know considering what country they came from. Uh, Gregor Townsend. Oh yeah. 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 Who would have thought Scotland could have produced that on their diet of processed white food? But they did. <laughs> Philippe Seller. Oh, uh, what a player! Incredible. Player. What a player! Step gas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. man. He he's. Oh, oh, um, I would put him in. Sonny Bill is inside centre. Oh wow. For the oh, there we go. That guy's an incredible. Done. Just an unbelievable. He, you know, a different type of athlete. Six. It's like he's been, you know how Terminator arrived in that ball, <laughs> <laughs> naked. But like Sonny Bill's just arrived, gone, in, gone yeah. into a bar, give me your boots. Well, uh, Kieran Reid is You're closing your motorcycle and off he goes. Sonny Bill is carved out of granite specifically to play rugby. Yeah. yeah. Or box. Or box, yeah. <laughs> uh, do anything he wants. Uh, Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill, yeah. Sonny Bill, seller. Sonny Bill and seller. Guska O'Driscoll. Yeah, O'Driscoll when he was... Flair, though, I don't know about Flair. Oh, hang oh. on. O'Driscoll's... What about that, that, that I'm double, not saying he's not skillful. The, the greatest try he... never scored. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, the greatest try never scored. The the double kick, you've seen that one? Where he chips it and then he volleys it again. Oh, yeah. So, so, so he does two... In fact... And his hat-trick against France in, like, 2000, 2001, yeah. when he was just coming onto the scene. And in fact, uh, Will Skinner for Harlequins did that. 
he chipped one player, caught the ball, chip, chipped the next. So if we're struggling for a seven, I just remember. Uh, Will no, Skinner. we're not struggling for a seven. Who are? Will Skinner's safe. Not needed. We'll call you, don't call us. Will, uh, Will, Will Skinner, uh, claim to fame, headbutted me in Bristol. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Uh, we, uh, Hold we, on, that deserves a name drop. There we go. <laughs> yeah. um, just did. Wasn't malicious. We were having a, f- a few beers, having a good time. He told me that he was uh, from that he played played Leicester and we were students, and he he headbutted me like a, a loving headbutt. Yeah, I think so. Mm. There you go. But okay, out- outside backs. Oh, where do we start? J- Jason Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Can you beat his feet in acceleration? No. Christian Cullen back in the day. Oh, Christian. Wow. Yeah. Um, he was incredible. Yes, he was. They're my, my two favourite fullbacks. Oh, really? There yeah. You go. Rockathoko. Oh, yeah. Um, Falfal? Yeah, Rupini Falfal. David Campesi, I reckon, has to get in the team. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't think. Serge Blanco. Oh, no. Sivivatu. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Christoph Dominici. Oh, my word. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say Campesi's got to be in there. Campesi. Why? Because he, he had it all and he, he was incredible. He was amazing. How about the uh, Japanese kid that took his record? He was delighted about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the highest international try scorer is Japanese. The Japanese player, yeah. Campisi <laughs> was furious. In fact, it's worth bringing up the quotes. The, the chap was Daisuke Ohata. We knew that. Yeah. Uh, he scored 69 tries in 58 games for Japan. Quite good. Campisi was 64 in 101. Put it mildly, he was, he was furious about the... Uh, <laughs> about what happened. But the Japanese guy said, in a way, I feel a bit sorry about breaking Campisi's record, but it's great to break the re- break it just before the Soccer World Cup starts. <laughs> I don't understand the link. Oh, it's a clear link. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't get it. <laughs> Shane, Williams, Shane Williams. David Campisi, Jason Robinson. Yeah. Awesome. And if we move Robbo into the midfield, we can accommodate Cullen, Cullen. as well. Yeah, perfect. Oh, well, what a 15. If you uh, agree, disagree, think someone else deserves a shirt, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, eggchasers.com. Well then, that, that, that brings to an end episode 11 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. Just to say that on Friday, Thank Rockets Friday will come out. This is where we look ahead to the weekend's games. So make sure you download that one and have a listen on Friday. Thank you very much for, for giving it a listen. We need some rugby okey to play us out. What are you in the mood for? Ricky Flutie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ricky Flutie. Okay, Ricky Flutie plays us out. This is his song that he did with Kefu when he was playing at Wasps uh, after getting a singing lesson from M People's Heather Small. Oh, oh, play. We play. Bye. We play. <laughs> In a bit. And very soon they'll know just who we are. And through the eyes of Sean, he sees rugby stars. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.